You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Emergency Department Podcast. This show may contain information about professional athletes' injuries. It may be descriptive and be unsettling to listeners. The information discussed may at the time of the recording be incomplete and be based on opinion rather than fact. That opinion is and should always be viewed as an opinion only. In short, possible offensive language, injury-based content, not always accurate. If you don't like it, turn it off. Alright, listen up everybody, let's get this riders meeting underway. As you all know, motorcycle racing is dangerous. Riders entering this event do so at their own risk. I'd like to remind you that he is not a doctor. That's right, Moto fans. I'm not a doctor, but I am a physiotherapist. And this is the Always Moto podcast. This is episode 9. We're in the emergency department. We're here, ready to review all the injuries from the Monster Energy AMA Supercross Championship. And later this year, we'll bring in the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross Championship once they switch over. You might also get the odd tidbit here and there from some of the other series around the world, but they are, they are our focus, which is the AMA series. On this episode, we are looking forward to ahead. Looking forward ahead. That was a great sentence. We are looking ahead to round five of Supercross Live that's happening on Saturday, the 5th of February, 2022, and this week's coming from Glendale in Arizona. We also have a couple of interviews today. We've got a small little um, soundbite that uh, Dylan Woodcock, number 260 from the All South team, has sent through about his injury from Anaheim 2. We've also got a longer interview with Cameron Barboa, number 357 from the Somnium race team. He's on that Yamaha. He had an injury in December and he tells us all about his injury and his recovery and his plan to return to racing. And that both of those uh, updates will be in our uh, podcast towards the end. So stick around for those. There's some good listening in that. And Cameron really does a good job with our interview with him today. Uh, so make sure you listen in and, uh, and drop, it, drop some messages to him to say, uh, you know, encouragement for this weekend. Hopefully it all goes well for him. So let's get into the show. We've got an updated injury list from Anaheim 2. Just a couple of injuries uh, at Anaheim 2 and, and nothing significant, thankfully. Uh, most of these guys are going to be able to be back on track. Um, yes, they might be a little bit sore, but they should be able to continue uh, their championship series uh, without too much hassle. So let's kick it off. Uh, first and foremost, uh, from the 450 class, we have Aaron Plessinger. He had a bit of a, a bump on the ground. Uh, it seems he managed to, in his words, lawn dart himself into the concrete, so head first into the concrete. Uh, he was seen to be a bit uh, shooken up there on the sideline as the TV coverage panned through. Uh, initially, he, he was sort of crunch, crunched over and he sort of looked like he might have been holding an arm or, or holding his arm up to hold a shoulder or something along those lines, but it seems that he was probably just a little bit dazed from everything that had happened. Uh, obviously, hitting your head onto the concrete is not a great idea. 
He has provided an update this week uh, that indicates that he is okay and hasn't and has been cleared. Uh, hasn't had any issues from a head injury, uh, which is good for him and good for everybody involved. Um, so he should be all good, ready to go for um, the Glendale round this week. Moving on, we've got a couple of uh, injuries from the 250 class. Now, everyone would have seen this uh, video clip running around on online the last week. Obviously, that bit with Vince Freeze running into Joshimoto, or Joshimoto running into Vince Freeze, I should say, uh, and giving him the business with the front tire into the helmet. And then uh, from the look of it, if you look closely, he hits with the front tire, but then there's a second impact as he goes past. And whether that's his foot... Um, Shimoda's foot or whether that's his foot peg hitting him in the head as well um, there's there's sort of two incidents and sort of that one-two punch mo movement there for him um, and and look let's talk about Vince first so Vince obviously took the brunt of that front wheel impact in his helmet now interestingly enough when you see him get up that second time and move, make his way off the side of the whoops and then try to walk down the side of those whoops there with the with one of the um, track crew guys or I think it might have been our Alpine Star medical guy there he took a couple of wobbly steps. Now, straight away, I thought that's got to be, he's got to be concussed. He just took a, took a front wheel to the helmet. Uh, there's no, no two ways about it. But he's then also updated us uh, not long after Anaheim too. I think it was the next morning. The team put out a little video. You can check it out on their Instagram uh, for Motor Concepts. Uh, and he's there talking about his race and he, he seems quite fine. Uh, and he's talking about how he, he woke up feeling pretty good. He was expecting to be sore, but he was fine. So... Look, interestingly enough, it does, it seems like he's got away with that one uh, in the sense of that there was no injuries, there was no concussion, um, pretty much got off scot-free, which is amazing considering you just basically got run into by a bike probably in third or fourth gear in the whoops there um, and, and, and able to race next weekend. And, and on those side of things, like those that injury, uh, with and, and same with Aaron's, um, I'm a little bit interested in how these guys, whether they got assessed on the side of the track for, for head injuries or not. Obviously not being in the stadium and not having the greatest of, of access to what those guys are saying on the floor when they're looking at them, you know, when the medical crew, the Alpine Stars medical crew get to them, you don't know what they're actually doing at that point. So... I would have thought just based on reviewing those um, you know, injury mechanisms and watching the footage, particularly for Vince, that they should have been popped onto, or, or could have been, I shouldn't say should have, they could have been popped onto uh, the concussion protocol just as a precautionary method, just to even redo those impact tests that they do online, just to confirm that everything is a-okay, -okay, um, just as a bit of a safety thing, because like, from from that visual point of view, just watching it, it looked like there was something that happened there, but... Maybe there isn't, maybe it's all fine, but even if he did do that test and that proved it, happy days. But yeah, just a little interesting note there from my side of things, watching it as an outside, you know, allied health professional, it just seemed like there was a little bit more going on to that one. And, uh, and I'd love to know what happened on the floor and what questions they asked and if they ran through their initial screening protocol there, there and then for him. I assume that they did. You just don't know these things because obviously we're not there. Uh, you weren't firsthand on site. But that's sort of just my opinion of where that would, you know, I'd like to see that go to just, you know, just pop them on that, that protocol. They can get cleared by the time they go for the next race and it should be all fine uh, if, if they are, in fact, you know, all good. All right, so moving on. Uh, in that same incident, obviously, Joe Shimoda is the rider that hits uh, Vince Freeze and then also crashes. Um, if you check out uh, Shimoda's, you know, uh, Instagram story as well, or post, sorry, 
he puts up a, a nice little picture of him with a couple of cu- with a couple of cuts on his face. Uh, I gather he's taken the handlebars, his own handlebars, to the chin uh, as he's been crashing off to the side of the track there in the whoops, and and he obviously had a nice cut there on the on the chin, which has led to some nice amount of blood uh, come out onto his jersey now. Blood is an amazing thing. It, it probably the cut probably wasn't all that deep, but it probably just hit the right spot. And the other side of this thing is obviously he would have been sweating. It was the last lap of the main event there, so the blood will thin out in that in the sweat and spread a lot further too. So that's an interesting thing as to probably as to partly why he's got so much there. Uh, you know, looking like it's gone everywhere on his jersey. So, but Joe will be fine. Also, just a couple of tape tape up band aids on his face, just to cover up those wounds. There should be no reason that he's not fine, that he is fine to go, you know, for Glendale also. Next one on the list we've got is Dylan Swartz. Uh, now, he had a uh, did-not-start um, point, I think it was, uh, for one of the LCQs. Um, not too much information from Dylan or his team. We've reached out, but we haven't got any response. But we've got some unconfirmed reports from the pits that people have seen him in in a sling uh, later in that evening and, and you know, obviously not looking too, too crash hot. So hopefully it's only a minor and hopefully that sling was a precautionary, you know, measure just to sort of help rest and relax the area if there was something that had occurred. But uh, time will tell. We'll have to see if we get a response from him before, um, you know, Glendale kicks off. Uh, maybe we'll see a team update come out shortly. I'm not sure how that's going to work. Um, so, you know, watch this space for Dylan Swartz, basically. And that's so hopefully like that Barak Suzuki team. Hopefully they get him out and about on, on the weekend. And look, just there's uh, two, two uh, injury updates that have come out just recently that are actually a bit more significant than, um, than the, the ones we've just gone through so far. Um, I was just, you know, scrolling through Instagram as I do trying to check and make sure that I hadn't missed any any updates and I was checking those uh, you know DNFs and DNSs from from the A2 and I came across Ryan Surratt with a with a bit of an interesting end result there of a, a, I think it was a DNF um, or at least a couple of laps down uh, in the LCQ at Anaheim 2 and when I checked out his his Instagram page I found out that he's got a bit of a wrist injury so he's had a decent crash uh, and he's got a what they call a TFCC injury now that's that stands for triangular fibrocartilage complex. Now that is basically uh, a little, it's a little pillow essentially, uh, and it is at the end of your ulna, which is the outside arm bone down towards on the pinky side of your hand, and that little pillow fits between the ulna and where your wrist bones start. And much like a meniscus in a knee, it is your cushion. It is your, um, you know, your joint lining. Uh, and it can get with when it's compressed and rotated on much like a meniscal injury occurs it gets little tears in it and and depending on obviously the size of the tear and how much force is with it, it you know it can be a big tear it can be quite um, painful it can be can require surgery again much like a meniscal injury uh, needs to be cleaned up so that it doesn't catch uh, and, and can be a bit of a pain in the butt really now, it's nothing, if it's only a minor tear or even just a minor sprain of that uh, wrist joint, but he did specifically mention this TFCC, so it leads me to believe there is a tear in that. Uh, and so that will be, it won't be something that necessarily restricts his grip strength. It won't necessarily stop him from riding. Um, it might be a little bit painful. There might be some local swelling around that point of the end of the ulna, 
um, at the wrist there on the outside side of it. That's usually where it sort of bulges out there when it, that injury happens. Um, but it will be something he will need to use like a taping mechanism to hold it and support it. Um, and he may also use a wrist brace this week to try and manage his way through that. If he hasn't, if he doesn't already use that, he might be looking for one this weekend. Um, but the thing that's going to occur for, for Ryan uh, is that if he gets another jolt, as in the bars twist unexpectedly, um, you know, say maybe he turns down on a corner and a guy comes through and takes his front wheel or bumps his front wheel and it flicks the bars back the other way unexpectedly, it could jam up that wrist joint again, uh, it, basically putting the wrist into what we call ulnar deviation, which is sort of that uh, hammer down position. Uh, if you're swinging a hammer, tapping it on a nail, sort of that when, once you hit that down motion, that would be, that would be it. If, if it compresses that and then the bars twist again, he could irritate that further. So, um, or if he, you know, has another unexpected crash, puts his hand out, jams it up again, he could, you know, could just irritate it. It's not necessarily something that will stop him, like I said, but it could be enough to stop that night there and then if he, if he does irritate it further. If it is a bit worse, he may need some cleanup work on that uh, TFCC in the coming weeks. So hopefully he can manage this for at least until that West Coast break. If he does need to do anything, he could do it potentially in the break there uh, and not miss too much of the series. He might miss one of those uh, east-west showdowns, but uh, that would be probably all. So hopefully it's only minor for him. Now, the last one that literally has just popped up just before we've started this, uh, this podcast here, and I'll just pull it back up on the uh, Instagram so I can make sure that I can get these details right, uh, is... Uh, Hold on a sec, don't want to say the wrong name. Yeah, it's Ryder Floyd. Uh, so Ryder Floyd's been obviously out preparing for the uh, East Coast Supercross Series to start. Uh, he's just posted up that he must have done uh, an injury within the last week or so. Uh, it looks like he's had three broken metatarsals, uh, and that's required uh, surgery for him. He's got uh, that plated, so he, it's all nice and stable. Now, all going well with that sort of injury and that repair job, uh, he should be back up and about on that foot in about six weeks' time. So if he has done this about a week or so ago, he's potentially going to miss three to four rounds uh, of the East Coast. He may be able to get back sooner. Like, don't get me wrong, the, the plating is what holds this together and stabilizes it. But seeing as it's his foot and he's going to obviously have to stand on it and put a lot of pressure on it to maintain his bike control through things like whoops and, you know, some of the bigger, deeper transitions that will be in the rhythm sections, it might take him a little bit of time because it will probably still be a little bit painful at that point. Um, so he might be able to get back sooner, but generally I would think six weeks is the quickest you're going to see him. So, like I said, if we're, we're about three weeks away from the East Coast starting, so it's probably three to four rounds that he's potentially going to miss. There is a chance that obviously this takes a bit longer and he, and he might just choose to sit out the Supercross series uh, and just look to be healthy, fit and healthy for the outdoors when they kick off in a few weeks' time. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to, we've reached out to Ryder. Like I said, it's literally come up only just recently uh, and I've only just found that information out. So it's all brand new info right there. Uh, we'll have a post on him later in the uh, beginning of next week. Hopefully we'll hear from him beforehand and we can get fill in some more details for that. Um, you know, but we will uh, endeavor to find out more for our listeners and our readers on Instagram. So check that out um, while we're talking about the Instagram. Make sure you're following us, guys. We've put up lots of information uh, about these injuries on our Instagram page, and it's at always.moto. 
Um, make sure you're following us. We, we'll try and keep you guys up to date with all things injury for the uh, Supercross and Motocross in the AMA. All right, guys, that's pretty much our update list. Like I said, not too much change from A2 um, from the injury front in terms of guys going out. Um, obviously, we still had those bigger names that have disappeared in, in Adam Cincerulo and Joe Savacci and Seth Hamaker from just the week before. Um, those guys are going to be out for quite some time. Um, still not too much detail on Adam Cincerulo. Um, believe he's probably had surgery by now. Um, so we're hoping to get some sort of information update from him or the team uh, in the next week or two to just give us an idea of what he's actually going through and, and whether the return date's going to be anytime soon or not. Obviously, they've already put out that update that he's out for the entire Supercross season. Obviously, that's bad, but depending on what the injury is, it depends on how much time it's going to take for him to get back on the bike and just basically looking to see whether he will be actually ready or not in time for outdoors. Um, that is probably the big question for the moment um, that will be concerning everybody in that sense. If they're a fan or just even somebody watching, you know, from the from another rider fan point of view to see whether he'll actually be able to get back in time to make a run at the series or if he'll only be able to do, you know, part of it and, and sort of, you know, be there as a nuisance, not so much a championship contender, which would be disappointing from the series point of view. All right, guys. So, look, the next few things we're going to hear, we've got an update from uh, Dylan Woodcock. Now, Dylan's update uh, is around his knee injury that's occurred at uh, Anaheim too as well. Uh, it's it's uh, unfortunate for him. He's going to miss this weekend's round at Glendale. Um, he's done some damage to a, well, further further irritated some issues that he's had with some cartilage. Uh, he actually had an ACL repair, as he says in this little soundbite a few years ago, and he had some cartilage damage then, and this incident has just irritated that, potentially torn some more off it, uh, and then he's also impacted the bones uh, and got a bone bruise, which basically means that his femur and his tibia have hit together uh, and, and, and were bruised, and, and bone bruising is a lot lot more painful and it takes a lot longer to recover from in terms of for it to go away than a normal skin bruise that you can see um, it just takes a lot more time for that to remove itself from a bone so he'll be a little bit sore with that probably for a couple of weeks uh, he's talked about he talks about in this short soundbite that he's trying to uh, take the week off and then be able to run Anaheim 3 as his last race before he heads back to the UK so Hopefully he can do that. He'll be probably just be spending a lot of time in therapy for the next week to week and a half um, as a, in an attempt to be ready for that Anaheim 3. So here's the soundbite, guys. Check it out. Let us know what you think. Hey, mate. Thought it would just be easier to message you. No, I, from the takeout, I was fine. And then um, that was nothing to do with the injury. And then uh, LCQ race, I just got sandwiched and my leg got kind of twisted and done under the uh, under the bike. And a, a cartilage that I had was pretty damaged from like three years ago when I had an ACL reconstruction is now completely gone. So, And the bones, are the, like the two bones that meet in the middle of the knee are just both uh, bruised. So, yeah, it's not good. But I'm missing this weekend so that I can race for A3, you know, because the, br the bruising on the bone will take a month or so to come out. So it's not like it's swollen or anything. It's just, just bruised and tender. So that's the plan is to race A3. And then go home. So, yeah. Cheers, mate. All right, guys. Good update there from Dylan Woodcock. Uh, like we said, 260 on the uh, All-South team there. 
Um, so next thing we're going to run through, we've got another interview, and this is our big interview for this week. Uh, it's Cameron Barboa, number 357 on the Somnium Yamaha. He is uh, recovering from an injury to both ankles, uh, and he takes us through all those details uh, here next. So listen up, guys. Uh, you might learn some things that you didn't know, um, and he's had a bit of a rough trot there for a few weeks. Um, so listen to the interviews, and uh, we'll, we'll be back after this. All right, guys and girls, we're here on the Always Moto podcast. Uh, we've got a guest today to join us here in the emergency room to talk about uh, an injury that he got uh, pre-season this year. Uh, I'd like to uh, bring on board uh, Cameron, Mar- Cameron Barboa. Uh, he's number 357 on the Somnium race team. He's riding a Yamaha, uh, and he's joining us here today. Thanks for your time, Cameron. Yeah, man, thanks for having me on. I uh, really appreciate this opportunity. No, it's awesome, man. I, I, I love reaching out to you guys and getting some of you lesser known riders on to talk about the injuries and, and just what you guys are up to. So it's, it's awesome that you can make some time and, and join us and, and have a chat. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I, uh, like I said before, it's uh, we're definitely making some time. We're on the road right now as we speak. So uh, sorry if it gets a little foggy, but I'm doing the best I can. No, that's all good, man. So you're heading to the race, I believe. Yeah. Headed to Phoenix. Um, should if all goes well this week it'll be my first round back since uh, the beginning of the year before i got hurt so yeah nice what happens well hopefully it all works out so look let's jump back to that that sort of start of the story here for the, for this particular reason that we're on for the injury that you had um so do you want to just jump back the to, to when it happened and, and tell us where you were and, and how the crash went down yeah yeah so i was uh out, i had just gotten out to california um and I was uh, practicing, just just gotten out there. It was the beginning of December, getting ready for uh, West Coast. And uh, it was kind of a bad day in general. Um, <laughs> I had to go to the airport real early to drop my girlfriend off and uh, more traffic than we expected. And I was already late to the track and I had forgotten a helmet. And it was <laughs> like all the signs were pointing to don't ride. Yeah, and, <laughs> you rode anyway by the sounds of it. <laughs> but, but I rode anyway and I, I – I couldn't wait, man. I just, I was a little bit behind the eight ball already and I needed to get out there. And, uh, I rode anyway and I ended up end of the day, um, going through the whoops. I was in fourth gear when there's a big triple out of the corner and I, I came up short. Um, I thought I was in second. Turns out I was not, I was definitely in first. Oh, bugger. Um, yep. <laughs> yep. So, uh, I just a super bugaboo, like, not likely thing to happen to, to me, but I just completely framed the thing. Um, I ended up fracturing my, well, first of all, we didn't think anything was wrong. It's like, Oh, I'll be fine. Whatever. I tried to walk. I couldn't really. And some guys helped me out. My, yep. I, my buddy Hunter Slosher lives out here. Yep. And both of my- My ankles are killing me, man. And he finished riding for his uh, mechanic to take me to uh, the hospital, um, Tom Willis. So mm-hmm. went out there and uh, found out I had a couple fractures in one ankle and a bad high ankle sprain in the other. Okay. All right. So so what in the um, ankle that you fractured, what was the actual bones that you, you got the two breaks in? Um. So I know the one was the medial malleolus. Yep, um, yep. The other one was on the other side of the ankle. I don't remember exactly what it's called, but it's called a lateral something. Um, I, I 
some fancy word doctors use. I just knew it was on the other side of the ankle. <laughs> it wasn't um, happened to be the lateral malleolus, was it? Uh, it, it might have been actually. <laughs> it could have been. I thought he said something else with a B, but it, it was exactly on the other side, kind of the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, that's yeah. So basically, basically the the bumps on on the ankles, basically both spots there. So that's for for those listening at home that don't know what a malleolus is. It's the two bumps in in the ankle there that you feel when you when you put your hand down there. So um, so yeah. So you did that in the that was the left, was it? And then so you high ankle sprain in the right, yeah. Yeah, high ankle sprain on the right, and um, you know that when I went into the hospital, I was feeling more pain in my right foot too. So I was and more swelling. So I was a little bit more worried about that one. But yeah. that one turned out to be okay. Okay. Yeah, it's funny uh, how that happens sometimes. Uh, well, not okay, but not fractured. So they <laughs> they did all the X-rays. They gave me the diagnosis. And they They basically tell me, Peter, um, stay off of your ankles. I'm just like, oh, how am I supposed to do that? <laughs> like, I have crutches. I need to stay off Oh, Cameron, I think we might have lost you there, mate. You, you're still with us? <laughs> Oh, there we go. I think we're coming back. Yeah, wheelchair, but just for a little while until I had enough. I went to the wheelchair. Okay. Yep. Yep. So, so did they cut? They put you in a boot or something for both sides? Did they then? Oh, Cameron, I think we're missing a bit of stuff here, man. Um, so you did you you still there with us? So you're saying you needed to just stay off both ankles, man? That's what they were recommending at the emergency room? So were you, they putting you in, in a boot for both sides or something? Or what did they do there? Uh, they, so they put me in the boot for the uh, broken one. Yeah. Um, and they they did a bunch of AIDS bandaging and just wrapped up the crap out of the other one. Okay, nice. Uh, <laughs> which I was a little surprised by that. I expected two boots, honestly. But, probably probably um, would have been safer at that at that point for, for yeah. their point of view too like to make sure that nothing happened between just even getting out to the car when you're leaving the room so yeah, that would have been yeah. safe, smarter <laughs> so my luckily i was living out here with a couple of buddies uh like i said hunter slosher and tom willis and they were able to kind of carry me around for the first couple of days because <laughs> i was i was i was a gimp yeah right um, I'm, I'm picturing something like you know weekend at bernie's where they're carrying around the dead body you know and they're just lifting you in the middle of and making propping you up and stuff but that's probably oh, not man, too far from I, the truth <laughs> oh man and i'm a terrible patient too man i i i hate i hated being like i i hate being helped like, i hate being needy but i had no choice in that yeah. moment like i I'm, I'm needy help me yeah exactly get, get me to the truck i want to go somewhere i'm tired of sitting in this motorhome uh, so when did you actually start being allowed to walk around again? Was it a, was it a week? Was it a, was it a couple of weeks? What happened there? It was it was it was a while. So like I said, I, I I had to rent a wheelchair because I just couldn't really do it. I um I saw I saw Doctor Alexander out here right away. He's mm-hmm. a really good orthopedic that works for Alpine Stars. Yep, nice. And and uh, 
he uh he pretty much told me the same thing that it's gonna be like at least a month before you're back on a bike is at like the very minimum like and uh, how scary that medial malleolus fracture is and not mm-hmm. to to be really careful with it because if i take any wrong movements it can displace pretty yeah. bad and yeah. surgery so i was he was pretty worried about that and i uh i went got the wheelchair i, I did all that and it, it was about a couple weeks in the wheelchair and then i have i went back home for for christmas yep and got rid of the wheelchair and i had a knee scooter did that and <laughs> um when i came back right after christmas came back home got a new x-ray um saw the doctor again and he said and that that's when i started walking so it was about four weeks before i started walking and i started walking with the boot yeah that's that's pretty good like that's a reasonable sort of time frame for that injury like four weeks is a is the minimum i would have thought before they let you do too much loading on it so so that's about what yeah. they expect so that's good um so then so that was just after christmas so when did you actually start getting to the point where you could you know walk around normally and and i guess you probably at this point you still hadn't even you know got on like a stationary cycle or anything to try and do any exercise sort of thing yet either yeah yeah so i i, I started swimming actually so that yep, was nice. uh that was what i started doing um that was a huge help um a little bit of one before i was even out of my boot i started road biking a little bit i just couldn't take that foot out i just would leave it in the uh clip tent oh you clip um, you, you managed to clip in with that too did you <laughs> Yeah, I could get it clipped in. Yeah, I could get it clipped in once, and that was enough for the day for me. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, that little twisting motion you got to do to get in and out of the clippings, oh, I wouldn't have man. thought it would be fun for you at that point. So, yeah. It was honestly a couple times I thought I was going down because my right foot wasn't very strong either. <laughs> and I was like, I am not unclipping. I'm just going to hold, like, if I can't stop, I'm just going to hold on to something, and yeah. someone's going to have to catch me. I don't know what I'm going to do here. Oh, man, the clip-ins but- me good once once when I was trying to learn them, you know, and, and there was nothing even wrong with me. I can't imagine how it would be trying to get out of them if you're in a, in a hurry with a sore leg. Like, I just rode up to my, my letterbox one day thinking I could get out of them, and, and I just didn't, and I just rolled straight over, you know, like, and that's oh, yeah. without any injury. Like, you would have been stuffed if you had to get out in a hurry. Oh, yeah, it, that exactly. If, there, if a car had moved over on me or anything, yeah, you know, I'm, I mean, we're out in the streets of California, like anything can happen. So maybe not the smartest move on my part, but uh, <laughs> got to get out of the house by day. <laughs> I had to get out, <laughs> but no, I, I started doing the road biking thing and the swimming thing. And uh, it wasn't until so this kind of ties into it. So I started to feel real good after a one. I started to feel like I could take my boot off and start walking. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, the day after a one, I came down with COVID. Oh, perfect timing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect timing. So I, like, as my foot's like almost healed and it was the weirdest thing, as soon as I got it, like your, your bones and your body start to hurt a lot more. Yeah. And that's it, what made, it made me feel yeah. like it set me, it was just bad timing for my foot. Cause it made it my, my, my ankle hurt again, like yep. pretty bad. Yep. <laughs> and that was, that was, that was frustrating. So dealt with that for like a week, week and a half. Um, started getting better. Uh, came out to San Diego that's why that's when i truly started to like really walk without the boot yeah like that that was my biggest day um of walking without the boot yeah Um, so so, and that like obviously then led to you feeling like because i think it was about that time that week after that i think i saw that you'd you'd put up that you had a ride again so is it around that same same week that you then yeah around that same time is when i got on the bike for the first time um just rode a little bit of outdoors 
Um, honestly, it was pretty sore. Yeah, not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but was I one, thought was know, one worse than the other at that point. Honestly, so at the very first day I got on the bike, my right ankle was worse. The yeah. sprained one. Yeah. Um, because of the te- I'm not sure um, why, and I, I, I need to find out more why. But there's when I put pressure in a certain spot, my my tendon like pops near my ankle bone, mm-hmm. and it uh it, it hurts pretty bad. Is that the one on the so, outside of the ankle? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it, so a lot of the times when I would transfer weight, because when you hit a corner, you weight your peg, and then you transfer weight back over. Yeah. Or, or if you go to scrub a jump or whatever, mm-hmm. you're transferring weight to that foot peg. And a lot of the times when I would do that, my ankle would want to pop, and that was the biggest issue I've had with that. Mm, um, okay. After a couple of days of riding, it started to hurt. Like my uh, my broken ankle started to hurt pretty bad. Uh, it started to get a lot of like I started feeling a lot of pain in my Achilles. Yeah, and okay. I, yeah. And I, uh, you know, that's not anywhere near where I broke it. So I was like, okay, like we're okay. I'm gonna re-break it, but what is going on here? Yeah, yeah. It's funny the body will go through some weird things when you start doing stuff afterwards because no, it knows that it's weak in a certain area, right? So you start doing things without even really consciously realizing that you'll do it in a manner that it still does the same thing in the end. Like you'll still move from point A to point B to do that movement, but you'll do it in five other different ways than you normally would. So you load all the other muscles and different tendons and ligaments in a much different process that you would, than you should do it. And it's your body's yeah. way of protecting you, but you get so sore from it. So uh, I hope yeah. that's all you had going on there for those first few days. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was hoping too. Like everyone I've talked to, I've, I've gotten multiple x-rays over at the race. Every race I went to this year, I, uh, even though I was just, you know, a fan watching, I, yeah. I, went, I stopped by the rig and got another new x-ray. Um, it's handy it's for that nice privacy budget, isn't it? <laughs> I, they, honestly, without that, I would have, uh, would have been hurting a little more for sure. Yeah, definitely. The X-rays ain't cheap. Yeah. So there was but, nothing uh, else that showed up on the X-rays that have been done. No, no, he, yeah. No, no, it looked great. He was actually pretty impressed with how it held held yeah, up, cool. and uh, so that was kind of made me think, okay, I'm I'm good. This is just some pain I got to get through. Some stuff stretching out. Yeah. But man, it's it's made me feel like a bit of a baby. Like <laughs> I, I get hurts pretty pretty bad. Um. Mm. So. So like like last week I went to uh I went to Paula to do my first day back on Supercross. Yeah. And I maybe made it a handful of laps and I was like, I'm not ready. Yeah, right. I, the transitions and everything. I, I, I wasn't focusing on riding the track, focused on the track. I was only focused on what why my ankles were hurting and what how to make them not hurt so much. Mm, and that's not so a good spot I, to be in on a supercross track, is it? You gotta be yeah. focused on what's coming next, not not so much yeah. what you're doing and how why it hurts. So yeah, the last time I was on a Supercross track, one little misstep of focus, and that's how I ended up there in yeah. the first place. So I didn't want to do it again. No, exactly. No, it's not good. So are you doing like obviously you probably your boots are probably the same boots that you had the crash in or something, but are you doing anything to you know strap the ankles or wear a brace inside them, or, or are you in like Tech Tens that have already got the sort of little ankle booty in them to sort of manage this now, like while you're trying to get back up and build up to space up to speed? So I've been, I actually did switch. Um, I wear now, now I wear the, the tech tents specifically for the booties. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, and is it um, helping? I, like, does it, is it useful in this scenario? It is, for you? 
a hundred percent useful. My leg feels, I've always, so, um, I always, before I switch now, I always kind of complain about the tech tens, not in a sense of they're not good boots. I just could never get comfortable in them because they were always so stiff. Yeah. Right. Uh, to yeah. me, they're more of a stiffer boot. It took a really long time to break in. And in this scenario I'm in now, I'm like, heck, I need the stiffest boot I can get. You actually like, want it because you don't want your I, leg to actually go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I want, I need stiff, make them stiff. I, like, I don't even want them to break in. I just need them to not move so my ankle can, you know, survive. Yeah. And uh, so that was, that was why I did that. I, I, I have the little booties, but I'm also taping it up underneath too. Yeah, um, okay. The more the merrier. Um, I uh, I rode today actually, and I yeah I I'm I got tape I got this wrap and I got the booties and and the boot so I <laughs> you kind taking of every precaution yeah yeah so that my this is my professional curiosity kicking in here as the physio you know talking and listening to the story about the tape are you just doing like the standard ankle tape or have you and particularly this is probably more for that right um, one with the high ankle sprain. Are you doing anything around the actual tibia and fibula a bit higher up to hold it together, or, or what do you do? Um, mostly just around the ankle. Um, I I try to tape it myself. You know, watching a couple of YouTube videos, I'm yeah, not yeah. the best yeah. or anything. Um, but luckily, uh, my dad showed up just this week. Uh, he was planning on flying out to watch and help. And uh, he's a uh, been a paramedic for the last thirty years. Oh, nice. So yeah. <laughs> so it he's just been taking care of it and whatever he's doing works okay so, cool because there is a couple so, of like most people think of like an ankle taping and it's you know for lateral support of, of the ankle and, and and it's useful for that but when you talk that high ankle sprain it's a completely different mechanism that you're actually getting to and you actually need to tape a bit higher up and in, in, in a bit different pattern um to try and get it supported so you know if, you, yeah. if you're youtubing it look up that uh that high ankle or they call it syndesmosis sprain and, and the taping for that because you might find a slightly different technique that might give you a bit more support too so yeah interesting gotcha. <laughs> yeah 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 the more any any more information i can find out the better i'm i'm, I'm all in i just yeah. want to be better well and that's, um, that's funny because like you, I, when i talk to you guys about some of these injuries like you obviously know from what it says on the x-ray this is the this is what it is and such. But like you just said before, like it's privateer budget for a lot of you guys. You don't have the money to go and spend it on therapy, you know, three and four times a week to get yourself back to, you know, back to full capacity as quickly as you can, but also with the, the support of somebody who knows exactly what they should be doing to tape it yeah. in a different manner. So yeah, it's interesting to try and pass on these little tidbits for you to just try and help things a tiny bit for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, that's actually a funny story I forgot um, to mention. Um, the therapy thing. So this is kind of a, a blessing in disguise. So, uh, maybe a few days or a week after I, uh, after I got hurt, I, me and some of my buddies went to a pizza place and, you know, I hadn't been out much and I was trying to, I was trying to be super independent. I was crutching. I was on my crutches and I was being super, super slow yep. um, through the parking lot. And my right ankle actually had given out my sprained one. That's the nice. one I was using. It just straight gave out and yep. I fell face first nice. in the middle of the street. Yep. And, you know, my, my, I'm just super annoyed. Just not a good thing. I'm embarrassed. Cars yep. are everywhere. Yeah. So the first car that pulls up is actually a, is a physical therapist, chiropractor guy. And he, 
rolls down the window and like immediately knows we're moto dudes. He's and he tells me, you know, I, I know exactly what you are. I know that you're a moto dude. Um, when did you crash? When did you get hurt? Yeah, come see me. I'll work on you for free. No way. No, yeah, yeah. It was a uh, it was it was awesome. It's a uh, Dr. Brett over at a Tri Valley Chiropractic, and yeah. he's a great great man, great dude. He uh he's helping me a lot. That's awesome, man. The only way this story gets any better if it was a 20-year-old chick or something that was with a physiotherapist that rolled down the window. Like, doesn't get, the <laughs> yeah. story doesn't get much better than that, like, really. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, that would have been that would have been cool, but then the girlfriend would have probably, you know. Well, yeah, as long as you work with her at the time, you know, there's, there's, there's things you got to dodge at this point. So, yeah. <laughs> but no, that's like free therapy. Man, come on. Like, it doesn't get much better than that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was great. Yeah, that's probably the only way it gets better um but then again I, I, she'd she'd still know women's yeah, women still know find out that you can't, can't right. keep this stuff away from them no, that's cool oh, awesome so all right so look when um when when you've been back what for two weeks now riding um so so i went yeah it's been about two weeks it, it hasn't been two weeks on completely so like i said i rode those first two days and it started hurting a lot yeah and I actually had to take about a week off. No, oh, no. Nice. Um, after okay. that last time I wrote, wrote, took yeah. the lot last week I tried supercross and it was just not for me. Mm, um, okay. This yesterday I rode again outdoors and I could actually put in laps and kind of forget about it and that's good. You know, just focus on me. So yeah. so that was an improvement. So I tried supercross today and I got through it. Like the biggest thing was I got through it and. I could do it. At the beginning of the day, actually, I felt great. And every day it's getting better. So I'm thinking by this Saturday, I can actually just put my head down and ride. And so you you said, I think before we hit record, you're going to try and ride like what tomorrow and the day after to try and just really, you know, I, I gather put a bit more more effort into it and see if you can get some more pace and see if you if it holds up really, I gather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm headed out to Phoenix now to ride. I'm going to try to ride um, Wednesday and Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um I actually have a trainer. My trainer lives in Phoenix. His name is Justin Buckaloo. Cool. Um, and he, uh, so that really works out because he, he can help me not just ment- physically, but mentally. And it all comes down to if I can hit a set of whoops or not. Yeah, exactly. And they've been pretty big so far in Supercross this year. So they, they have, needs to be strong at that point. <laughs> they have been pretty big. So that's, I, I even thought about just sending it last week and I would have been, I don't know what I would have done through the whoops, just gone around them every lap and gone really slow. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, you probably would have been one of those ones that maybe came back too soon, had another crash in the whoops, and then you did something else to yourself, you know? So, yeah, yeah. It, it might be yeah, possible. That, if it's not ready, that, don't do it. So That was a big fear for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but but now I'm, I'm thinking, as of right now, we're planning to be out there. If anything, if, if tomorrow comes or the next day comes and – you know, I re-aggravate it or I go through a set of whoops and I say, there's no way, then we'll, we'll hold off another week. But okay. as of right now, I just really want to be out there. Um, we got a, we got a really cool program out here and, and I, I, my, uh, my parents let me their motor home to live out of for me and my, me and Hunter Slosher, who has been making multiple mains this year and yeah, doing really well. Yeah, yeah. We, we, uh, we live together in that and I got a couple buddies, um, and my girlfriend and all of us and living in that and we 
you know, save a lot of money living together and everything's right here in California and we have our vans to get around. Like it's a solid program. I just haven't been able to take advantage of it. And I'm, I'm tired of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I just no want to be out there. Like to like, I gather the team is just the West Coast team. So like, when you got injured, I gather there was no no option to sort of switch to to East or anything like that for you. Yeah, so that was my very first thought when I got hurt. Um, like, if I want to actually do the full series or full coast, I switched East, right? Yeah. And then uh, looking looking at it, I was like, I don't know if you know I have the budget. Um, mm, yeah. And and because i've done east a few times but it's usually when someone else can do it with me and this year it just it just doesn't play in the cards um yeah. as i think i'd be mostly on my own and that we you know we'd already sacrificed so much to be out here it's like and 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 with the team i really want to be there with somnium I've, i i i know uh riley and colton really well i've known them for a long time and i just want to be a part of it with them and kind of watch their journey and just help they're helping me, but I want to help them too if I can. Like, it's it's just want to be out here with the people that that I do well around. You know, it's a, a good vibe, a good environment, and I just I don't see East Coast being in the cards this year. I, I may do try to do a few in the 450 class. Yeah. Um, but as of right now, even though there's only like five five or six rounds of, or probably only like four rounds left of of west that aren't shootouts um i'm sick in the west yeah right Uh, it's it's one of those budget things isn't it because the east coast does make a lot more travel costs in all of this so yeah it's uh yeah harder to do at least the west like that's why i think that's why a lot of the west coast guys do it is because they literally can almost stay in california for the whole time so you know they barely you know it's all six hour drive sort of thing and at most you know so yeah it's a bit easier and that side of things for everybody so yeah yeah, well, that yeah, yeah. That sort of buggers you with when you when you got injured, doesn't it? Because you missed what we're, we're round four. This will be round five, so yeah, you've only sort of yep. got maybe three or four to go that you can can get to. Um, yeah, a bit of bugger. Yeah, but... and then the and then last year, you know, East Coast wasn't so bad last year because they were doing the uh, the the rounds where they run three three rounds in a week at the same round. Yeah, I, I... yeah the COVID in- impacted calendar. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which. You know, sounds tiring as a rider, but it was actually really nice. You just had to stay in one place for a while, and that was really it. Like, you did not – even though it was East, you did not have to travel half as much as usual Yeah, you're I not going back and forth. Watching that from, from you know, from the outside, I, I actually kind of liked that idea. I thought that would have been so much easier for you guys, and, and yeah, you sound like you, you're confirming that. But, yeah, I think um, it, when it's week to week, it's it's so much more travel involved. So yeah, because every town's every week's a different town. So yeah, like there, I've been to races where like the first round of East is going to be Minneapolis, the next round's in Dallas, and those are <laughs> opposite twenty plus hours apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then it's going to go. I'm, I'm not sure where it's going to after that, but it'll go like Florida or whatever. And it's just like yeah, that's that's every week, and they're trying to find places to ride in between, and you're. I mean, I've done it before. I, I always had someone with me. Um, Casey Brennan used to travel with me and Johnny Garcia a little okay. bit. And, you know, yeah. we could we could trade we could trade drivers. Yeah, and it'd be too much by it, yourself for sure. Like that, it's would be way too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, fair enough. Well, yeah. So look, West Coast is it, I guess. So, <laughs> so what's um if if we can get through these next couple of days, is there any expectations this weekend for you? Anything you want to try and get get out of it? 
So, so no, I'm honestly, I'm going in expectation free. Yep. Um, if I show up and I'm feeling great, then and I qualify and I can even make a run at a main or make it. Well, it's triple count, so if I can even make a run at making it to the night show, then that would be fantastic. But you know, if I show up and I don't do that well due to my feet or a little time on the bike, I, I can't be too bummed, right? Um, so I'm, I'm kind of at that stage where I, I just want to ride and I just want to be out there. I, I've watched four races from the stands and, you know, yeah. all, the, all the fans get so crazy and get so loud and love. And I'm, I'm jealous, you know, I want to be one of those guys again. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. It's hard to take, especially when everything else is really, you know, the mind is working, but the body just isn't. It's, yeah, it's hard to take and sit there. I'd, I'd imagine being in the stands and not able, especially, I think I saw you put your bike up, was like, so your bike's at the track and everything too. Like everything's there, you, but you can't get on, you know, that must be hard. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, the bike was on, bike's there, bike's ready to go. Like everything, everything's ready. Like, like my program was going to be good. So it's, uh, I want to utilize it now. I want to, I don't want to be a fan anymore. I, I I'm a fan of the sport. I love it, but you want to be a ri- I just, racer. <laughs> I want to be a rider. I want to be out there. Yeah, fair enough. No, and, I'd, I'd and want not, to be too. And uh, and and being a fan makes Supercross a lot more scary. Honestly, um, <laughs> these it's guys, a- these guys are gnarly and make it look. And sometimes when you know watching them crash or seeing them make a mistake and watching it unfold, it it. It's like, man, that was scary to watch. But when you have the helmet on and you're out there, it's for some reason it does not feel. I mean, it's still terrifying. Don't get me wrong, Supercross is gnarly. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. it does not stress me out as much as when I'm trying to like watch my buddies do good. Yeah, no, it's definitely it's always that thing. You you walk the track or something, and you, and you, or you sit in the stands and watch, and you're like, man, that's huge. But pull the helmet on, put the goggles on, you roll out there with the wheels underneath you. And it's like, geez, was there even a bump there? Like I, I just went over that. I thought that was huge. Yeah. yeah exactly. Perspective changes massively yeah, I, in a short kinda, space of time. Yeah. I kind of hate track walk for that sense. Cause I'm like, man, I, am I even going to clear this? <laughs> you know, I get it in my head. Like I got hit it wide open. Yeah. And I think, then I, I get think out it's, there and it's, I overjump it the first time. Yeah, I think honestly, like, yes, the track walk has a purpose. It's got a chance for you to check some things out. But I think a lot of people would prefer just to roll around it, you know, have two roll laps or something that were were mandatory. So you can just check it out that way because you wouldn't feel so bad about it when you're standing there. You can stand there and stare at it and go, hmm, that's really big. (laughs) If you just roll over it the first time, it's like, oh, yeah, it's not so bad. Yep. Anyway, all good, man. Um, So look. I think that's all the questions we got for you, man. I'm glad that you're on the on the improve. I'm glad you're almost back to getting on the on the race yeah, track this weekend. Yeah, I, uh, and we still do. We're uh, we're close, man. Just yeah. uh, just hoping and praying at this point that we can be out there. I just I just love the sport, and I I I gotta be out there. <laughs> and, and not to mention, not to mention, um, a lot of so I'm from New Mexico, and this is pretty much our local closest race oh. and a lot of hometown people are going to be there a lot of uh, kids i work with back home a lot of a lot of really good people i like from new mexico so i, I just oh that that's got a lot to do with my motivation for being out there this weekend definitely well that's probably going to help you know pump you up a bit so that's that's good so look it, hopefully that means you can you know the adrenaline will kick in you can overpower some of that pain that you might feel with the adrenaline and um 
get it done you know like it, it would be nice to be in the gear and rolling out there for you know for your family and friends to see you go past and you know <laughs> hit the high fives or whatever as you're going out the pits get a bit more motivation so yeah that'd be awesome man. yeah oh absolutely it, it, there, it's so it's so much motivation man like i think most of the reason i still do this sport is just you know like i said i work with a lot of kids back home and like being being a good influence and role model, like if I can still go for it and I can still like put a lot of effort in to make this happen, then you can too. Like anything's possible. Yeah, definitely. No, it's it's good, good perspective and probably good to try and uh, give give that advice to those kids you're working with, like and have it rub off on them. It's a great attitude, man. Yeah, yeah, I love it. No, all good. All right, man. Um, look, is there anyone you want to thank um, that's got you here or, you know, I think you mentioned a couple of names that were helping you out um, while you were injured, but is there anyone you want to thank while you got the chance? Yeah. Yeah. Um, heck, I got, a, I got a list, but uh, you know, as far as being hurt, I couldn't have done it with you know, Dr. Alexander. He was huge. And um, Tom Willis and Hunter Slosher helped me at home. Yep. Um, uh, everyone that's been out here between my girlfriend, Michelle, my, my dad, my, my mom, you know, my buddy Tanner that's out here um they've all helped me a lot as far as the year goes I I'm still glad that people are still behind me you know because I'm hurt and they're still supporting me so I got I got a Salmium that's been great yeah um, White Sands Construction um Hobby Pros uh Bobby J. Yamaha um Skills Racing and uh Pro Taper um I got a bunch of other names I'm, I'm forgetting right now you know <laughs> but uh we'll have you know, to they, tag them into the uh post when we put it up to say that um you know we've got this this uh wonderful interview with with cameron barboa on the online we'll have to get you to tag them in there so they make sure they get their exposure <laughs> oh yeah absolutely i uh and i you know i i get a lot of support from back home and that it, it goes a long way man like i could do without without all the, all the people that help me so and oh, I, i'm just awesome. I'm sorry to them that I'm not out there yet, but we're coming. We're coming back soon. Yeah, it sounds like you'll be there soon. So I'm um, hopefully they're they're ready to, uh, you know, see you out there and uh, doing doing some good things. Hopefully, so fingers crossed you can stay healthy for the rest of the year, man. Yeah, that's the goal. We'll, <laughs> awesome. Uh, play it by ear. <laughs> uh, all good, man. All right. Well, look, appreciate the time on the uh, Always Moto podcast. Thanks for joining us, and um, look, we'll leave it there. But good luck. Hopefully, we see you on the uh, timesheets this weekend, man. All right, man. I appreciate it. Uh, I hopefully uh, hear from, which won't be the last time I hear from you. Hopefully not, but hopefully it's for better reasons and it's not for an injury. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, man. I'll, exactly, man. Thanks, I'll have man. News next time. All right, man. Thanks. Talk soon. Bye. All right, guys and girls, that was a great interview there with Cameron. Uh, we appreciate his time and, and all the, the honest and open comments that he made about how he went with the injury and, and how he dealt with it through there. It was a, you know, good good to hear that he's back on track ideally he has done um you know a couple of days riding now by the time you're hearing this and he's you know getting ready to get on track for for glendale so fingers crossed we see him on the timesheets and and potentially even better you know in the night show doing those triple crown events so we'll see how that all works out for him but uh good luck this weekend cameron thanks for coming on mate all right moto fans that's it for this episode this was episode nine of the always moto podcast be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Please rate us. It will help us get some more recognition and some, some more listeners in. Uh, follow us on the Instagram. It's at always.moto. If you want to support the show, and I'd really appreciate it if you could, reach out to me. Uh, my email is alwaysmoto2019 at gmail.com. 
we're looking for some sponsors to try and assist with some costs of keeping this thing on the road uh, and trying to just get some exposure then for you guys. Um, so we would love to do some sponsor reads throughout the show to break things up just so you're not listening to me uh, talk about the injuries the whole time. It's great that we're getting that information out there, but we'd love to break up the show with some uh, little sponsor plugs as well. So that'd be fantastic. So reach out to me if you're able to do so. But for now, guys, be fast, be smooth, because if you're not, I'll probably be seeing you in the emergency department.